Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. And I love when I throw random things last right minute. As we're about to start, he's like, we got to do it. And I'm like, I yeah, we forgot about that, but that's okay. Uh, so re- really quick, for everybody who's been patiently waiting for the Temp Gun giveaway, we have not forgotten. No, I'm we've just, just both been very busy. A list, and uh, yep. we've been very busy. But yeah, so next episode, next episode we'll have the winner going down. for our Temp Gun giveaway. It's going I'm down. I'm pretty excited for it. Yes, it's about time. I think everybody's like, me too, because yeah. I've been waiting for weeks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's my fault. Wonderful. All right, so Dude, Rob, who, who do we episode. who do we have, Rob? We got. Marshall Mendez from Red Mountain Herbals. Bring Bam, him on, let's dude. get him on here. Boom, how's it going? What's up, dude? guys? What's happening? So excited to have you on. Hell tonight. yeah, man. Very excited. Man, glad to be here. And and looks good in your new herp room. Yes. Thanks, you. man. Yeah? Appreciate <laughs> it. How, yeah. How's that been? Setting all that it's up. It's been awesome. It's been, it was a shitload of work and it was, um, you know, two, two or three, uh, I think about two, two and a half months of, you know, nonstop pretty much every day between, you know, work and regular animal chores and back and forth from the new house to the old house. And, um, but I've been in here, the animals have been moved in since around mid February and, uh, everything seems to be settling in pretty well. Um, season, I don't know how it's going to affect me yet. Uh, still got mm-hmm. lots of, uh, things, you know, breeding and paired up, but no ovulations yet. Um, I did bring one clutch of chondro eggs over from the old place and those ended up hatching. Um, so I have had some new babies in the room already, but, uh, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out, you know, how it affects, how it affects things. Um, yeah, but man. so far so good. Everything seems to be uh, settled in. Well, my season Hell has yeah. been super late. I just had a female Borneo ovulate like a couple days ago. And this time okay. year, I already had eggs on the ground. <laughs> <So> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I usually out. run th- things here. Usually run, uh, at least for me, um, you know, being in the Southeast winter is later than most everywhere else. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't even really get that cold until December. So it's not unusual for me to be running late. I don't think I had eggs um, at this time last year. Uh, but I think I had first clutch and maybe had a couple early ones in, uh, maybe May or early June. And then they went all the way through, uh, pretty much all the way through I was hatching stuff. I think I actually hatched a baby in November this year, which was wow. the latest ever for me. Wow. Yeah. That's so <clears throat> that's so cool. But so I want to backpedal just a little bit. So for sure. people who might not um, know who you are, what kind of got you like really stoked your fire into reptiles? What, how'd you get to where you're at right now? Um, I, I've been into it since I was a kid, probably like most people that are listening, you know, I think uh, seven or eight years old, I got my first snake. Um, it was a, what a kind of snake was it? Cal- California red sided garter. Um, Ooh, very cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually it was a Western red sided, so it didn't have the blue, but the, you know, kind of red checkerboard pattern. Cool. Then I moved on to corn snakes and, you know, a, a boa, um, ball pythons, kind of things like that when I was younger. And then, um, 
got out of the hobby for a couple of years while I was in college, just didn't really have, you know, time or a place to do it. And then uh, as soon as I got out, I started, which was in 98, um, started building the collection that I have today. Um, so I would say what really kind of got me, you know, was just seeing, seeing, uh, pet, you know, seeing snakes in the pet shop when I was a kid and then also books, um, mm-hmm. always have been kind of obsessed with green tree pythons. Uh, they've been my favorite since, since I was a kid, you know, I used to see them in books and, um, when I was, when I was younger, I don't know, elementary school, um, I lived in Tampa, Florida, and there's a guy by the name of Joe Fossey that's down there. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's pretty sure he's still in business, but you've probably heard his name before. He was pretty instrumental in the early days of, yeah. uh, you know, just being able to get things. Um, and I had this weird connection with him where he was like my grandmother's uh, hair hair stylist son or something like that. Anyway, uh, he, he found out that I was into snakes and my dad used to take me over to his shop all the time. And there at his house, I saw like my first uh, green tree pythons in the flesh and, um, and heaven opened up. Got, and yeah, that, that was it. Like, it's, it's been all downhill from there. So that's awesome. That is so cool. I can't even remember. I think that the first time that I saw a green tree Python in person was like a little neonate. It wasn't even an adult one. Um, and I, I was just like, Oh, that's like a very, very weird looking snake because like, you know, when they're little, the most of the ones that I saw when I was younger was like the bright yellow babies. Sure. Like that is just so strange. Why is it that bright yellow? Cause like, from reading books when I was younger, I would like associate that like bright yellow color with like eyelash vipers and stuff. And I'm like, that is, I don't know if I like that. That's kind of <laughs> that's that's weird. Um, but green tree pythons, I feel like a lot of people who are into green trees kind of have that where they're like, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I saw like a picture of one in a book, like perfectly perched back and forth yeah. on the branch. And it's just like, ever since then, my whole life has been leading up to green tree pythons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that's how it was with me for sure. Oh. And you I work with it. a little bit of emeralds too, right? I do. Uh, green trees and emeralds are, have have been kind of what I've been working with for the longest. Um, and then maybe I don't know. I've kind of got a mismatch of stuff now. I would say numbers wise, the biggest thing I have is ball pythons. Um, but uh, as far as you know, what I what I like working with the best, if I could only keep one thing that I've got, it would be the chondros and the emeralds would be close behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have uh, ball pythons now and I've got, uh, you know, just some other odds and ends. I've got some uh, Amazon tree boas. I've got uh, some couple of cool colubrids, some California red sided garters, uh, Mexican black Kings, a small group of trans Pecos rat snakes, Yes. Um, I love <laughs> yeah yeah they're awesome i got uh i guess i got 3.3 of them um maybe last year the year before um <clears throat> so i'm raising those up haven't produced any yet uh but you know one of these days and then um <laughs> some uh rough scale sambos oh, I think, oh yeah i think that's everything um so you know mainly just uh trios and 
small groups of most everything except for the the chondros, emeralds, and the ball pythons. Oh, and and uh, BCC. I have a pair of uh, Suriname red tails. Yeah. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Do you, do you find that um, so the green trees definitely have got like your your main passion, and then um, the emeralds right right behind them. I feel like when I worked with them, I w- worked both you know with each of them. I really was drawn to the emeralds. I really like the way that their face looks. It's like so yeah. ancient, and I don't know. For me, they felt like they were a little bit more hardy than the green trees. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. They yeah. they are. Um, that's, and they're they're bigger, you know. If you just kind of see them side by side, they're they're kind of a more impressive snake, um, in my opinion. But the what draws me to the chondros more is there's a lot more variability, you know. Yes. Even even with a basin, you know, um, as beautiful as they are, you know, I, I've got some. Um, but it's basically a green and white snake. The pattern can be different, you know. It can have more white, less white striping, or no striping, or you know, but at the end of the day, it's a green snake with a white stripe down its back. And mm-hmm. with the green trees, you've just got so much variation as far as just, you know, blue and yellow, and black, and you know, all, yeah, all the green colors. tree pythons that like yes. yeah, <laughs> a nice yeah. sarong or a Jayapura with the like blue stripe and the marks yes. on the face and everything. I really yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's, you know, that's the reason why. But I would agree they're a little more, they're not as hardy. Uh, very rarely do I have uh, an emerald a problem with them, you know, getting sick or, you know, even the babies, man, just getting them started. They just, they pretty much start on their own. Take them, um, yeah. 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 And green trees are just, a, you know, they're just a pain in the ass uh, in every aspect, which, you know, <laughs> I guess is kind of why. That's, that's, that's right. them holding on to the Morelia complex just a little <laughs> bit longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh my gosh do you do you have uh a locality of the of the green trees that you prefer over no i don't really i don't really work with i don't have any localities all my all my stuff is 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 more you know what's called designer stuff just kind of captive yeah. bread captive bread lines um that go back a lot of my stuff goes back to, to trooper wall she was the first mm-hmm. uh first person i th- think first or second person in the u.s back in the 70s to to, to breed them um and uh so yeah so all, all of my i don't i don't have any pure locality stuff i'll do although i do like um i do like some of the localities it's just you know uh you can only work with you know you can only do so, so much, so much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you also, um, I want to touch a little bit on the albino chondros yeah. because like those are just, yeah. what? and it's been this thing that, um, you know, some of the bloodlines from that project have kind of been sprinkled around here and there and mm-hmm. it's kind of been tough to really hit on it and to, to get the project up off the ground. Um, yeah. so how, I just want to know more about that because I know a little bit from just, you know, paying attention, but I'm not sure. super plugged in. Yeah, so I kind of lucked into the project. Um, I, I I bought my het male prior to the first one in the U.S. hatching, and um, it just happened to be related to it. So once I figured that out, I was like, oh, you know, so I've got a possible het here, and I just kind of worked. Uh, that was in, I guess that was in 2000 and 2002 when, uh, when the first one w- was hatched by Damon Salsies. Um, and I had a, 
So he hatched an albino, and then I had uh, a baby from the from a sibling to the parents of his albino. So, oh, like so yeah. So he was uh, he was he was actually like a twenty five percent when I got him because he was a het <laughs> from a pos- he was a, he was a possible het from a possible het. That's so then, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Trooper went on to to prove out the father of uh, of my snake as an albino, which then made mine a 50 percent hat. And then I finally hatched the first one in 2013. And I've hatched, I think, um, including the one that uh, that I hatched earlier this year, I've hatched uh, maybe five or five or six. And. All but one uh, have pretty much died as babies. They were all, you know, I don't know if it's just shitty luck or, or if there's, you know, maybe some kind of, you know, bad uh, whatever tied to the gene. But um, I, I t- I'm tending to, to think that it's just bad luck because the one that I had this year uh, out of six babies, it, the, the, you know, it, it was the only one that hatched with its it hatched with, with its umbilical cord tied in a knot. Oh, so, oh, yeah, really bad so, luck. <laughs> it, it, it is, you know, um, it had to be that one, of course. So of course, it was like oh, half man. the size of all the siblings. And oh, um, I felt pretty good about him at first. Uh, I, you know, he was even though he was small, you know, my track record with little runts like that is really not that great. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have high hopes to begin with. But mm-hmm. um he was pretty feisty, uh, would strike and would, would grab. And, you know, I tried to, uh, let him go a couple of weeks. And then, um, I suspended a pinky head just cause it would, you know, it'd been so long. And I mean, it had been, he was so small to begin with. I didn't want to let it, you know, go too long before I, yeah, before I intervened and, uh, did a pink head, took it down, no problems. Um, and then, Tried to feed him again another week or two after that. And, uh, you know, same thing. A, a cyst fed him a, a, another pink head. And then the next morning, it was he was dead. Oh, so, um, right, yeah. But, you know, it's, that's par for the course for this yeah. for this project and just chondros in general. So uh, yeah. the cool thing about, about the line is that it does produce um, some really cool-looking babies, you know, regardless of regardless whether of they're albino or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of cool melanistic stuff and blue and um, high yellow, all pretty much all, you know, ca- uh, calico-esque-looking animals all can come from uh, these Trooper Walsh bloodlines. So yeah. that's been kind of the one good thing about the project is that even though um, it's not been a success yet as far as uh, hatching, you know, viable albinos um mm. kind of the, the the animals that have come out of it are, are all really nice so uh, i did have one one uh albino live to be about two years old um mm. that was the one i produced in i think 2014 mm. and um and then it died from like this weird uh intestinal blockage issue i, I, I had a necrot had a had him out for pick or had her out for pictures one day and noticed she had a big bulge on her side and uh of course took her to the vet i've got a pretty good herb vet um that that i'm friends with that's real close to me and she took him and um you know did a necropsy or not did a uh ultrasound just try to figure out if it was a you know if it was a tumor or if it was you know what it was and she said oh it's not a tumor it's probably it looks like you know um like 
uh, poop or hair, something is caught up inside of it somewhere. And anyway, so we tried several different things to try to get it to pass through. None of it worked. So I ended up doing surgery on her and, uh, she died. It's a you know, complication of the surgery, but what it was is it had like a, a mouse claw or something that had kind of lodged into the side of her intestinal tract. Oh, oh man. And it was just acting like a kind of like a hook. Irritant. So yeah. any any hair or whatever that would go by it was just grabbing it and it just started building up. And uh, so, you know, another just kind of freak thing. Life but that one lived to be two and um, was, you know, just had just pretty much just finished going through its color change, um, which, you know, they kind of turned that kind of golden yellowy color, yeah. um, which is kind of kind of uh, kind of cool because the the two that have made it to adulthood um before mine one from damon one from a trooper they were both yellow babies and they turned that golden kind of golden yellow color and uh, most of the ones that i've produced have been red babies red, yeah um yeah and it also changed that color so and it's so tough to tell when they're when they're first born, oh yeah that they're yeah. actually albino yeah. they're just like yeah they're so like dark red it's so crazy yeah yeah it's cool you can um there's a couple different ways you can tell you know i kind of look i kind of look for three things red pupils Mm -hmm. um which every other chondro has got black pupils so Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty much a a giveaway um a pink tongue whereas normally most of them all have black tongues Mm -hmm. and then um no black at all in the pattern so you know most red babies and even some yellow babies in the baby pattern will have some you know some degree of black uh, but these don't, they have uh, zero black. And, uh, another thing that I've kind of noticed too, is the inside of their heat pits are pink. So, mm, um, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So those are kind of the things that you, that you look for, but yeah, it is really, really hard to tell apart, uh, from, from just normals. Yeah. But what's cool is that in Europe right now in Portugal, there is a, an adult pair that somebody has. Oh, um, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's crazy. So yeah, yeah. So wishing them luck, and hopefully they can, uh, you know, get <laughs> <Yeah>. some <laughs> get some get some traction with the project. Yeah, man, that would be so. And then especially because if uh, if they are able to produce some, maybe if we can get some into the U.S., you know, use yeah. them to strengthen up the bloodlines that are over here, and maybe totally a better success rate over here. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be so. Yeah, cool. totally. So what I'm hoping for. So like I said, I wish them wish them best luck. Yeah, it's, it's the thing with Conjuros is you need to have patience, lots and lots and lots <laughs> and lots, yeah. and lots of patience. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like I said, this project's been going on for me since uh, '02, so it's almost wow. 20 years now. Wow, and uh, that's wild to think about, huh? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> and then I we probably met online. What like? Just trying to think about that earlier today. It's it's been like I feel like I've known you almost since I got back into it. So I I, I think uh, I don't, how long have you been working for Kevin? I've been like volunteering for Kevin for like fifteen years. It's coming up on fifteen years right now. Since okay, I was like right around seventeen. Um, okay, and that's kind of right around when I was on the blood and short tail farms and all that sort of stuff. Like what, what okay, two thousand seven ish time, two thousand six, two thousand seven. So probably right okay. around there. Yeah, I feel like I've known you a long time. I can't. I was trying to think earlier where exactly, uh, how, or where we met, or whatever. But yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I think the first time that we met was at um, at Tinley, twenty thirteen. Because um, I think that you guys okay. were vending along.
along the back wall. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys had all the green trees set up, and I was like, oh my goodness. You're like, wait, that's Rob. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, it has been a trip. It has been a trip <laughs> to, to think it's been yeah. that long. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Time time flies. Mm-hmm. So this new room that you got set up now, um, did did you specifically have this set up in mind, or did you have the house picked out and you're like, I can make this kind of work? And no, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's not an ideal. It was not an ideal uh, spot, um, mm-hmm. but you know, we we my wife and I just you know we we love the rest of the house. So I was mm-hmm. just like, man, I can you know with some. I got to change some things, but I, I can make this work, you know, yeah. and it's really not, um, it, it's, it's great as far as, you know, I've got lots of natural light and it's got a nice view and it's, you know, it took a shitload of work to get it to where it was going to be functional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything's down a flight of stairs, everything, you know, so bringing all these racks and cages and, uh. you know, building my, uh, my rodent room, um, was all, down a steep ass long flight of 20 or 20 or so stairs. So, you know, hauling shit down and then, you know, same thing. Like when I go get rodent food and I'm bringing 300 pounds of food down, I got to lug it all down the stairs. And when I'm cleaning the rodents, I got to carry the, you know, dirty, dirty rat shit litter up a flight of stairs to the street, to the trash can. You know so, what you need? You need one of those like old people chair things that's like got the yeah. automatic <laughs> Just like you gotta work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh so so it's not in an ideal spot, but um, you know, now that everything is in here, all the hard work is pretty much done, except for just the, you know, just the up and down of, of getting trash in and out and stuff like that. But um but yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I've got a lot more space than I had in my old place. Um, I thought I was going to have, a, you know, you don't really realize uh, how much stuff you have until you try to move it and, oh, to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and try to rearrange it. But my old room um, was, li- I mean, literally just all around the perimeter walls, floor to ceiling. And then I had an island in the middle um, with more racks in it and like a little cart path like a little racetrack in the middle where I could get my, my work cart around. And if I had to get around the work cart, I had to like walk all the way around, you know? Um, so this is a lot, uh, uh, a lot more comfortable place. I've got, you know, like I said, nice view, lots of windows. Um, and I've got some room to expand, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of room to expand. I just, you know, if I want to keep the view and not block the windows. Not block um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got a little bit, a little bit of room. Uh, I can put, you know, some, uh, a few more things in here, but you know, right now, um, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at as far as numbers and I'm not trying to get, uh, get a whole lot bigger than this. Not, not right now, at least. Um, you said you're getting into reticulated pythons, right? A hundred percent blocking the windows. <laughs> the retics yeah. are coming. <laughs> <laughs> So the, this is like a newer setup for you. So I'm curious how like the summer is going to go. Cause when I see like, uh, when I think about, um, reptile rooms with like big windows and stuff, I think about like the, uh, the temperature fluctuations uh, from the light coming in and everything, but I think you've sure. got like trees around, around. I the do. Perimeter. So you got that yeah. blocking a little bit more of that sun, but you still get a little bit of that natural sunlight coming in. Right. Yeah. Uh, it gets a ton of natural light. Um, but it's not, it's very little now that the trees have come in in the summertime, it's very little like, you know, intense, direct sunlight. 
good. That's um, good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the house on, on pretty much on every side here with the snake room is I've got kind of basement wall on one side and then, um, it's really kind of like a deck to the backyard on the other sides. And, yeah. uh, there's, so there's, there's trees, um, or, you know, or house, uh, on mm-hmm. every side. So, so far it's, it's held temperature really a lot better than I was thinking it was going to. Um, I did have to, uh, I did insulate the shit out of it. You know, when I, that was part of, um, <laughs> part of what I did when I was, uh, you know, kind of getting it, getting it ready. Cause it, it was, it wasn't going to work the way it was before. Basically it was, it was concrete, uh, block walls and, um, but no insulation at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so insulated it and, you know, sheetrock the whole room and put a, put a ceiling in it and put a shitload of insulation above the ceiling. So, um, you know, so far so good. Uh, definitely. I think it's going to be harder to keep temperature up in the winter time. Uh, in the summertime, you know, uh, it gets hot, it gets hot here. Uh, so even though it's shady, um, I don't think it'll get, I think because it's at least partly underground and partly shaded, uh, and partly up against the rest of the house. I don't think it's going to need air conditioning. Um, but you know, we'll see this would be my, you know, kind of, kind of taking it as it, as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, Rob and I throughout the the week, as you were like posting stories on Instagram of like the progress, like, did you see, uh, did you see what's morning, going on? Over here? Like, did you see the thing? Did, yeah. you, did you see the wall and all the paint and all this stuff and i was like dude this is so exciting like i was getting excited watching you do the, your room <laughs> yeah thanks yeah that was fun it was fun to do i'm glad it's over uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just like you know it totally consumed everything that i had for yeah. uh uh energy uh you know time money everything for for just the whole planning of it and then executing it um, and just, you know, the stress of having to deal with this plus my regular job, plus all the, you know, normal the animals don't stop being animals just because you're too busy to do, you know, take care of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to keep up with that and then, you know, having living in one place and having the collection in another place. Another place. Oh, yeah. Stress. Like, it yeah, was, stress uh, it was, it was, it was a rough couple of months. So like I said, I'm glad, I'm glad it's done. But uh, it was a lot of fun planning it out and, and really doing the work was, was pretty fun, too. Um, would have been awesome if I could just not have gone to work, you know, those days. <laughs> just, done, just, just done this, but uh, doing it on nights and weekends, um, you know, it made it made it nonstop for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So um, so you are in the southeast. You're in like in Alabama, right? Yeah, Birmingham. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm trying to think of like uh, what the winters like are, are down there. Uh, you said it doesn't get cold until like December-ish, right? Yeah, yeah, we get. I mean, it's actually kind of cold right now for us. We're down in like the 30s tonight, which is a kind of cold ooh. snap for yeah for this time that's, of year. But that's us, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's us, us up right here. Now, yeah, <laughs> it's gross. It does get. Like it. it does. It can get really cold here, but never for prolonged periods of time. So, I mean, there was several times since I've, since we've moved in where it's been, um, down into the low teens or like, you know, nine, 10 degrees. Um, but you know, it'll last for a night or two and then it'll be back up to 50 or 60 the next day. So, um, and, but now in the summertime, the heat is relentless. Well, we'll, here it's, you know, it's 
it's mid-April now, which this is uh, not that unusual for us to have kind of one last cold snap, which I feel like I've said that like three times now. So, um, uh, so I'm, I'm, this probably is the last one, but man, once summer gets here, like the first week of May, it's not <laughs> unusual for it to be like a hundred degrees outside. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, all th- throughout the summer, the nights are decent, you know, the nights are, 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 you know, high seventies, um, most of the time, but in the daytime, man, it can be really, really brutal, hot and humid, sticky. Yeah. The, it's that humidity, man. The humidity <laughs> is what does it. <laughs> yeah. So are there any uh, projects that you're like, uh, looking at and you're like, oh man, I really want to get those. And you just kind of been like waiting on, or is there, well, what's, what's, the um, deal? you know, with me, the, 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 for the Condros, um, I, I'm pretty much focusing on my albino stuff, you know, pretty much everything that I have now, uh, with the exception of I've been doing it, I've been working on the project for so long that almost every animal I have is at least a 50% head. Um, and just, you know, with, with, uh, Nido virus and all the kind of crazy stuff that's going on, like I'm, I'm, I haven't brought a new green tree in, um, in, geez, I don't know. It, it's been six, seven years probably since I've brought a, a new uh, chondro into the collection. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of great stuff out there, but uh, the market in chondros right now, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You can't, yeah, you can't, you can't find captive bred stuff and even just, you know, decent, uh, nothing, cra- you know, n- n- no, like super crazy bloodlines. I mean, people are just paying obscene money right now for, them, yeah. um, which, which is, uh, I mean, it's, it's great, you know, if you've got them, but, um, for somebody just kind of trying to get into them or, you know, if you want to buy into a project, you know, you're going to spend five, six grand on a, on a little neonate. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's silly like uh i think that part of that has to do with um from my understanding the guy who was doing a lot of the breeding for bushmaster passed away uh five yeah. six years ago he did and so he was doing and rico for chondros yeah and then rico in yeah. the u.s and so those two things like together that's like a boom catalyst for not a whole lot of green tree pythons being produced <laughs> you know in the world yeah I mean, I don't want to diminish any of the people who are breeding them because there are people who are breeding them. But the the guy the guy over in Indo was like pumping out yeah. green tree pythons <laughs> to the point where like you could get like an Aru or a Jayapura for like what four hundred bucks, five hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a Jayapura for sale in a very long yeah. time. Yeah, like the only yeah. green trees I've seen are just like little Biox, and even Biox, now they're yeah. like what five seven eight nine hundred dollars right now yeah which yeah is, which is that's insane. Crazy, to me. <laughs> crazy to me absolutely crazy to me yeah yeah and that's that's imports you know for captive red stuff it's it's even crazier um yeah, even more. and so you know so as far as those uh green trees go you know maybe i'll swap some babies with somebody that i know and trust at some point but you know for now things are kind of locked down um most of the new stuff that I'm, that I'm getting is, you know, is ball pythons. You know, I kind of lucked out when I got into them and, uh, kind of, kind of picked what morph I was going to go for, right. Almost when I, when I started breeding them and it's just now in the last, uh, you know, f- four or five years, um, has started to, 
to pay off. Um, <laughs> so all my ultra male clown stuff, you know, pretty much yes. everything, yeah. everything that I have, uh, ball python wise, not everything, but like 75% of what I have in the collection is, is tied to that project in some way. So they're either, you know, double hats with other, uh, codom jeans on top, or they are, uh, visual for one and like possible hat for the other. So I think I'd probably have like maybe 75 or 80, uh, adult animals. Um, and all of them are related to the project. So, uh, hadn't produced an ultra clown combo yet. Um, but I've got, you know, plenty of chances to do that here pretty soon. I've had chances to do it. It just hasn't worked out for me the last couple of years. Um, produced plenty of ultra clowns. I think I've produced, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 or 15, something like that. Wow. Um, over the last, yeah, since uh, 16, I think I made the first one uh, or my first one. I don't know if it was the first one ever. It may or may not have been. I, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I've uh, produced a couple every year since then. Um, so, you know, now I'm just uh, trying to get, you know, every year for the last two or three years, I've just bought into, um, I'll buy a new gene that I don't already have, uh, mainly codom stuff that'll either be, it's hard to find stuff that's double head for, mm -hmm. for both because there's just, I don't know why, but there's just not a whole lot of people working with it. Um, yeah. I'm sure that'll change as, you know, time goes on, but um, like even on Morph Market, man, like I'll, I'll put stuff up and I mean, it just sells like, you know, almost immediately I'm, mm -hmm. I've got like, I've got like uh, three babies left from last year um, out of like a hundred and something uh, for, for sale. Um, so I'll buy like, you know, a couple years ago, I bought some uh, blackheads that are het for ultra male, or I'll buy, you know, something that's het for clown, just something that I can, you know, work into the project. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty much going to, you know, just because of space and time constraints, uh, I'm going to focus everything just strictly on ultra male clown. That's um, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ultra gene is definitely, it's, it's one of those that had like a, a, a very quick uh, upward trajectory when it originally kind of hit the scene because it was the non kinking caramel. That's you right. Know, and everyone was super happy about it. And then it just kind of it fizzled out. Fizzled out. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, you get rid of the color palette and it's just uh, it's whatever. And uh, and then a couple people were just like, look no, at no, this no, ultra no. combo. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, bam, back up on on the upward. So, yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, I bought uh, I bought, I think, six of them in 2011 mm -hmm. and um, uh, have you know, that's pretty much all I've, I've been working with since then. I think the very first year that I bred them, I had a clown female and I bred the ultra male male to clown female and ended up getting really lucky and hit five females in that clutch. And, oh, wow. um, <laughs> yeah, and I've still got all five of them here. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're just my, my breeders and I'm pretty good about not selling stuff. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep, um, I'll keep the nicest stuff. I don't, I don't sell the good stuff. Uh, yeah. even though, you know, you, you think you can make it again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way, you know, and mm -hmm. you get lucky on the first shot and you might hit it and then it might be three or four years before you make another one, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, the, we have a couple triple hat projects that we've, uh, we've gotten eggs from this year 
and we okay. just missed on everything, everything and everything and everything. And yeah. it's like, are you kidding me? Right? Now? We should statistically we should have hit one out of all these clutches that we got. We should have hit one. some sort of one. double combo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you doing you just you oh. just doing tri- triple hat to triple hat, or or is it are they visual for any for one of them? No, it was it was we did like a clown pie to like ultra combo or whatever. So like hundred percent triple hats. Yeah, hundred percent triple hats. Okay, hundred percent triple. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a what, like a one in sixty four to get to get all three. Yeah. So yeah, those are exactly. long odds. You got to have a lot of eggs. You can't. Yeah. You're not going to get it with just one pair. You know, you got to oh, have. I want to see just even a double because like one out of sixteen should have been a double, yeah. and we didn't even hit any True. doubles. Yeah. Wow yeah stressful yeah it's like hey here's, here's one clown yeah, yeah here's the clown enjoy that <laughs> <laughs> and we're like okay that's great <laughs> uh, we already got some of those <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then of course you know you're breeding het to het so to add the insult to injury it's like not only is it recessive but it's only possibly possible. het for yeah. the rest of the stuff <laughs> i don't want to talk about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, terrible terrible no. <laughs> uh, but you know that's just kind of how it goes sometimes and and not everyone talks about that where like you know, sometimes you're breeding for this specific thing and it just doesn't work out. What was it? Kevin bred a, a normal to a champagne and produced nine normals, not a single visual champagne. In yeah, the way back in the day. Yeah. Come yep. on. Yeah, man. That's, yep. that's how it goes sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. There was. What was yeah. That? And oh, go ahead. I was good. I was going to say sometimes, you know, you get the opposite and you get super lucky, you know? Yeah. Very uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, take the good with the bad. Yeah, I think that that was kind of like our um, uh, some of our retic pairings. In our retic pairings this year, we've hit some really good combos at like high odds, and then the ball pythons. We've just been like swinging a miss. (laughs) I swear, you're supposed to hit the side of the house once, like just once. By accident, yeah. you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. That's all. That's I'm right. Saying. It's true. That's it's right. True. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is why nobody did multi-recessive combos years Back ago. In the day, yeah. <laughs> like, codoms, like, just pets, codoms. Pets. I yeah. want visual results right now. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, I, and that's you I, know that's that that's that's one of the big things you know being from kind of coming up in the condro on the cock in the condro world you know, nothing happens fast. You know, yeah. I went uh, 11 years working on the albino chondro project before I hit the first one. And oh. now it's like, you just, you think about, you know, ball pythons, man. Like if you don't hit it in three years, you're yeah. you're like, you know, you're, you're behind. Yeah, you're like, you know? sell it. Just sell it. <laughs> sell the whole damn project. Just buy it. I was, I was right. telling Kevin that earlier because we got some uh, micro scales that are het for clown and we've had three clutches so far and not a visual clown out of the pairing and I was like Kevin yeah. this is it we need to get rid of them yeah. I'm so over it I'm so over it the if constant even... disappointment is, well yeah. I'm just saying like for Kevin it's like he's got to hit that combo to make it worth it for him yeah and we've had three clutches and not a visual clown out of it. I'm like, are you sure these are her clowns? Yeah. Is this yeah. Maybe get switched somehow. This is stressing yeah. me out right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, you know, this past year, uh, I, I did a, uh, 
ultra male clown to a ghost possible het ultra male. And I got seven eggs, six ultra males. Uh, of course, all six were males. So, you know, uh, you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you see the hatch and you're like, yes, yes, yes. Stop. get the kid yes. out of the egg, pop, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I was like, oh man, there's no way six, uh, six males, but you know, that's, that's how, that's how it goes, man. That yeah. That's how it goes oof. sometimes. <laughs> Absolute oof moment uh. that's that's how i felt with the marble borneos last year i was like i got this real nice clutch of marble borneos and i was like i just need like we need half of them to be girls and i'm going through it's like male 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 no male male <laughs> Why? No. that was my that was last year's ocelot carpet clutch too it was like oh man this one looks oh that's a boy oh but this one looks really cute oh that's oh, a boy that's a too boy. and oh. you're like well all the girls are the ugly ones great just get yeah. rid of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh no. Oh no. But you know that 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 makes it makes it all that much better when you do finally you hit finally it. hit it. You know. Of course. Of For course. Sure. Um, all right. Before I totally forget to do this, we're gonna take a short ninety second ad break for our all sponsor, right. and we'll be right back. We are super happy to announce our partnership with Oasis Exotic Enclosures, a new startup cage manufacturer based in California. Matt and Steph Conard have taken their time developing a wonderful quality product. The VS31 enclosure is their flagship model. It's 31 inches by 20 inches by 20 inches. It's perfect for many smaller species of colubrid, boa, python, or even some nocturnal lizards. Made with industrial-grade polyethylene plastic via in-house rotational molding, these cages have the strongest bonds in plastic manufacturing. Each enclosure has molded-in inverted handles on the sides, making moving from one place to another easier than ever. Each cage also has bolt-threaded inserts to allow you to connect cages vertically or secure them to a wall, creating impregnable security for that ever-growing collection. Also, a wonderful addition, the option to receive wall mounting brackets for your enclosure. That's right, you can attach this cage to any wall in your house at any height you desire. This wonderful patent pending adaptation provides you the ability to take that cage you have just placed on a table or on the floor up higher without wasting valuable floor space. This also allows you to no longer loom above your pet before entering the enclosure, which is often a high cause of stress. Matt and Steph have just begun their journey into cage manufacturing and have worked to put out a quality product at a comparable price to other companies in the industry. More innovations and designs are forthcoming and we are excited to see Oasis Exotic Enclosures grow and develop. Please go check them out on Instagram at Oasis Exotic Enclosures and on the web at www.oasiscages.com. Boom, and we're back. So make sure you guys go check out Oasis Exotic Enclosures. All their links will be put in the bottom of the YouTube video and uh, will be available in the description of the podcast. Um, sweet. So we both we both want to talk about some Transpecos yeah. rats. Okay, uh, we, sure. We, we geek out dude i've over <laughs> over I, pictures all the time i remember you used to see them at the expos like all the time and i'm like man those silver blondes and the silvers just like draw me in and i was like man those yeah. are cool but i don't really keep colorbreds so i don't know if i should do that yeah. <laughs> so i i was like thinking about it like a year ago because i bought colorbreds for kind of the first time i mean i kept spilodes and stuff but not like 
regular colubrids. <laughs> so whoa, 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 whoa. What? <laughs> no, I like my regular colubrids. Dude, okay, so <laughs> corn snakes are not the same as spilodes at all in any way. I'm not saying that. I'm that's I that's what I'm say saying. That, but... <laughs> So when I would see the Transpecos at the Expos, I was like, man, those are cool, but I don't really keep anything like that. So like, I, I got to keep it moving. And uh, so now, like a year ago, when I got my corn snakes, I got some Okatee corns, and I was like, I would love to get just like a, a silver blonde Transpecos. And I started looking for a silver blonde Transpecos, and I cannot yeah. find one. I have not <laughs> seen one for sales. I've been looking like pretty regularly since then, and anytime they show up, they're gone like before the I have a chance to buy them. It's been tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah they can be hard to find for sure. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know why, because I mean, they're uh, well. I guess I, I, they're not super easy to breed, uh, from what I, you know, from what I can gather. Um, they're a little bit temperamental for colubrids, like you know, like my, I've got some Mexican black king snakes here, man, and they're just like, you know, they're bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you you can. They're the garbage, just any leftover rats I've got, I'll just chunk them in there. They'll eat, you know, maybe they get one, maybe they get three. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, super hardy. But the Transpecos, man, if you, like, you know, if they get too humid, they'll puke. If you feed them too, uh, too big of a meal, they puke. Um, you can't feed them too often. I guess that's really the main thing is they're, 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 they're bad pukers. Um, if something is not, you know, if something's not right. Um, they are really cool, interesting snakes. They're really active, really, uh, you know, laid back. You can, you know, take them. They're not aggressive at all. Uh, you know, curious. Um, they've got, you know, the, the bug eyes are, are kind of, uh, you know, an endearing quality. Um, and you know, the morphs, uh, are, are cool too. Um, so the, the, yeah, the, the, the silver, the silver blonde is, I've got one, one male and man, it is just, it's unbelievable. They're so the, the, the so colors cool. on them. Yeah. It's just like, like totally like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like this <laughs> light gray kind of ish color. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got a, a, a 3.3 group. I've got a couple of albinos. I've got the um, river road line of albinos mm-hmm. um and then i've got uh a pair of blondes and uh one azanthic and one azanthic blonde so i don't have any normals um I, i'd like to get at least a couple or i mean i can make some um with what i've got but right. uh <clears throat> but yeah man they're, they're super cool um and the fact that you know they're hard to get um you know makes them a good uh for me, it was a good, you know, good, good uh, choice for colubrids just because, you know, they'll be easy to sell if I ever produce them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, plus I like them, you know, that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're, they're just so cool. And I joined um, a Transpecos group and just like watching all the people on there uh, post the different ones that they've got. And I'm just like, there's so much variability in them yes. because like, you know, the normals usually have like that kind of track, like the train tracks down the back. Yes. Yeah. The uh, H's. But, yeah. But some of them don't even have that. Some of them have got like, just like the little <laughs> bow ties and then yeah. it's, it's stripes. So weird. Yeah. And, and yeah. fully striped ones and stuff. It's so crazy. Like, I, and that's a, such a weird thing to me because thinking about like a U.S. native species, like I've never really been super into keeping 
U.S. native species. I've always been like yeah. exotic. I want something. Yeah, same. Asia. I don't want something that I can drive someplace and find. And then right. just like within the last couple of years, I'm finally getting like an appreciation for U.S. native species. And yeah, we've, the fact that you can drive and cool find one, that'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love them, man. Um, they're they're uh, they're they're great. I guess the only other there's a couple other colubrids that maybe I would you know want to get eventually. Um, I like gray bands. You know, they're they're kind of a cool alterna. They're they're a cool uh, as far as native snakes. Um, and then uh, what else is on my list? I, I like I love the Arizona Mountain Kings too. Uh, yes. You know. Those are so cool. I, I think that those are very yeah. underrated. Um, you know, I feel like not a lot, of, a lot of people know what they are even. And it's so crazy mm. because like, I think of like back in the day, like Bob Applegate and like um, yeah. a lot of the pyro Molina was it, I think pro breeders bred them too. And I just remember opening up reptiles magazine and seeing these like bright pyros, like the reduced yeah. black on them. Like, Oh my goodness, that thing's silly looking. And yeah. nowadays people will probably see it and they'd be like, what kind of snake is that? Yeah. <laughs> is that? What kind of milk snake is that? It's like, it's not a milk snake. Damn it. Exactly. Well, I think that's, yeah. that's one of the, that's one of the things is like, it's a tricolor. Yeah. You know, so people see, you know, you see milk snakes so much, especially like a Pueblo milk snake or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, okay. It's maybe it's just a different kind of milk okay. snake or whatever. But, uh, but I, I think one of the things like, uh, Brian Barchek and I had talked about them a while back and, and one of his gripes about the species was just they're not a high production species no. so you're not getting no. a lot of eggs out of them so a lot of people are like oh, if I'm going to breed this like I want to be able to breed it produce animals to, to sell obviously but if you're only getting three to five eggs yeah you know I it's it's not it might not be worth it you know in the long run but you know as colubrids are making their resurgence, man. I'm, I agree. I'm saying that that's going to be like the. I think they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like them. Yeah, yeah I really like them. Cool. So uh, maybe I'll get some of those, you know, one of these days. Um, and 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 like I said, the gray bands too. I like the fact that they're so variable. Um, yep. And there's you know a bunch particular of locale you like. You know, I I know what I like, but I don't know what it's called. Um, I couldn't tell like you. Blue you know? space with like the bright orange and yes. silver bands. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. those. And then I also yeah. like the ones that kind of don't have any orange. You know, that are just yeah. kind of gray yeah. with like the black. You know. Yeah. Um, again, black I think it's just kind of kind of the very the variability of them um, that that attracts that attracts me to them. Um, you know, just because there's so many so many different looks. Yeah. I really like ever since I was little, I've been fascinated with Arizona. Like since I was very, very, very young, like probably too young to fully appreciate all the different species <laughs> that you can find in Arizona. But like I used to read in books that they had like rattlesnakes and king snakes yeah. and all this stuff. And I was Gila like, monsters. Gila monsters. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I, I need to go to Arizona. I need to do it. And so I went to Arizona like five years ago. I didn't find a ton of like snakes. Um, but Ever since I went, I was like, okay, I need to go back. I need to find more snakes because <laughs> there's just like so many opportunities to see cool reptiles there. And like I saw a astronomical amount of Chuck Wallace, like an unreasonable <laughs> amount of Chuck Wallace. And I was like, I thought Chuck Wallace were rare. I didn't realize that everywhere I turn, there's going to be one between a crack in the rock. 
<laughs> um, uh, and then like I saw a lot of banded geckos and I saw some desert tortoises and I saw one pituophis out there and I saw a patch nose snake and like tons of different kinds of lizards and stuff but I was like where are the snakes hiding I don't know <laughs> like, I, I went in May so it was like a little bit chilly the, the, everyone yeah. I talked to there was like you don't see like a lot of snakes until like June or July and I'm like crap <laughs> damn it <laughs> Just so i need to plan another trip to arizona because like that is i don't know why like it calls my soul like when i went to sedona it just like felt like home oh, yeah. unbelievable such a beautiful area and thinking sure. about the different species that are out there i'm just like oh I need yeah it. they've got some amazing rattlesnakes too that's oh, kind of a, 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 oh, all the Colossus. all the different different rock rattlesnakes i don't even know what what, what they're that called is. i just know yeah what they look like, you know, yeah. uh, like around here we have like, you know, we've got two or include with pygmies. We've got three species here. Mm -hmm. Uh, but up like up here in my area, it's really just, uh, the only thing that you see pretty much is timbers. Okay. There are pygmies. I, I've never seen, I mean, I, I'm not like, you know, I don't go herping a ton, but, um, just from growing up here and, you know, I've seen and come across a ton of timber rattlesnakes. Uh, That's awesome. and, it, the eastern diamondbacks are south of here. There, you know, we have them in Alabama, but they're kind of co you know, coastal, um, so more down towards Florida. But uh, around here, pretty much it's just timbers. So it's cool that in Arizona, there's so much variability. Again, you know, yeah, so, many so many different different kinds. Yeah. Yeah. Up here, we just have timber rattlesnakes and, and mm -hmm. copperheads, but like. Tim, they're both endangered so it's yeah, super, so if you super see them, find them yeah if you see them you're you're very lucky oh really <laughs> yeah Co yeah. copperheads are, are hard to come by up there yeah well, well i know spots where you can yeah. see them yeah but <laughs> if you're not like in the know you will never see one i know a lot of people who have lived up here their entire lives and they've never seen a copperhead really wow yeah. that's yeah. crazy here man they're like uh People get pissed off because you know they go herping. It's like, oh, here's another covering. It's like the, <laughs> the, the the fifth one of the night and the fiftieth one of the year. You know. See, I um, love copperheads so much, so I would just be like, another copperhead, yeah. So I get so excited. They'd be like, stop it. It's like, like up here, we just get garter snakes everywhere. So like, it's probably yeah. like that. We're like another garter. I don't even need to touch it. Just go, go away. Yeah, go away. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. That was one of the things that when when I had moved up here and like one of the first times Kevin and I went out field herping, he was like like black racers. Oh yeah, like, I like racers. The thing. But in uh, where you're from where right? I'm from, you it's, found them everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. You yeah. just found them everywhere. And up here it was like, Oh, they're, they're a species of concern up here. So if you see them, like you need to talk to fish and game and be like, Hey, they're here. Like, don't yep. do anything on this land or whatever. And I'm like, man, I'm used to flipping over boards and there's like six, six of them. Of like, what are yeah. you doing? Off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty common down here too. Black racers are. Uh, yeah. And, and Nerodia, we have a ton of Nerodia around here. Ah, that's so cool. Oh yeah. I, that's another one where I didn't fully appreciate them when I was younger because like up here we got Northern water snakes, but that's the only species of water snake that we get up here. And um, they generally are not super colorful. Like when they're babies, right. they got like the bands on them, but then as right. they get bigger, they turn almost all black. Yeah. So like, it was tough for me to like, I, I like finding them and I like catching them and stuff, 
but it wasn't like uh you know now i look at all the different species and like clark eye and like mm. um, the confluence and all sorts of stuff and i'm just like oh my goodness these things are so interesting and the fact that they like share territory like more than most other snakes do you know comparatively i just think that that's so interesting that you can find like a whole bunch of them just piled up basking together where like most sure like like, don't touch me yeah yeah we don't do that and around here you can find like i don't know i don't know if they're different consider if they're considered different species completely or just or just subspecies but there's like yellow belly uh banded you know plain belly like i can't tell them apart to me i they're just all water snakes yeah (laughs) Yeah. but my 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 herper buddies um you know they obviously there's ways to tell them apart i just don't know how to do it um yeah just because you know like 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 yeah i've never really appreciated them just because you know you go to pick them up and they just you know musk on you and bite you (laughs) (laughs) for me like nerodia musk is the worst smelling oh it's terrible it's horrible it's it's so bad just so bad i can't stand (laughs) and it's like once it gets in your hands it doesn't matter how many times oh you can't wash it off get rid of it it that's at least a solid three days of every time you eat something you're like oh (laughs) (laughs) it's the worst Things you don't think about while you're field herping is like, yeah. later I'm going to have to go eat something and whatever is on my ew. hands is going to be real close to my face. <laughs> yeah. yeah to, to me, to me, garter snakes are really bad too. You know, like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe not as, anymore. not as bad as, as, uh, as water snakes, but, uh, same thing, man. You, you can't wash it off, you know? Oh no, you definitely cannot wash it off. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's weird, man? Uh, when I was younger and I would go field herping, like I would just see a snake and I would like just chase it down and grab it and like you know just I would manhandle it because I was just like I need to grab the thing, and <laughs> then like I don't know what it is like if it's been working at Nerd or just doing whatever I'm doing right now and seeing the behavior that I do with other reptiles like with my scrub pythons and then with the water monitors at Nerd, but now when I go out and, and look for snakes and stuff. Like the other day, I found a water snake, and it was sitting out, like kind of covered up, and I noticed it, but it was like under the brush, so it didn't like take off because mm-hmm. it it didn't think that I saw it. So I just kind of like knelt down and just like watched it for a minute. And after like a minute of me being there, it kind of like saw that I was there and like stuck its head up and everything. And I just like gently picked it up, and you know, it took off for a second, but it didn't not it didn't not musk. It literally just was like, "Oh, you're not trying to murder me right now." And it, it's so different because I just remember like anytime I would pick up a water snake when I was younger, musking, biting, freaking out, losing its mind, and just that little time that I took in between like picking it up and seeing it, it literally. I mean, it ran a little bit, but after thirty seconds, forty seconds in my hands it just kind of calmed down and, and it eventually just stopped and it was just like taking it in. And if you had told me that like 10 years ago, I'd be like, it's going to get away. And it's just like, if they're animals, <laughs> they're thinking animals and, and they're a lot smarter than a lot of people give them credit for. Um, and it's just so weird to me to think that like, I spent so much time just like, I need to do the thing. And it, Oh, you know, this, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, but this reminds me of when we went and saw Tom Crutchfield last February. Mm. And he was talking about how, when he used to do alligator shows back in the day, it was man versus beast. And he would get in there and, you know, overpower the alligator and drag it out of the water. And he would, you know, open up its jaws and like all this stuff to show how, you know, I'm a macho man. I, 
I'm the master of this beast. And then he's like, you know, now he looks at alligator shows and he appreciates um, like Gator Boy Chris, mm -hmm. where he shows how smart they are. And he'll call over an individual alligator and he'll come right up to him like all the rest of them won't move. And it's just that one specific gator. And he can train them to, to come right up to him. And, and the way that he interacts with them shows people that they're not like this mindless killing thing. It's not him versus the beast. It's like they're sharing this this space, this moment. Right. And that just like that really stuck with me from from that conversation that we had with him. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. So that weird. that combined with like witnessing it happen at Gatorland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when there's like 150 alligators and Savannah, Savannah calls, calls out one one's name. And that, and that one, one is the only one that moves. And you're like, what the around. hell is happening? Yeah. It's that. If you told me that, you know, when I was a kid, I would be like, that's not true. Yeah. But literally, I, she's we're at the pond with a hundred alligators, and she calls out one alligator's name, and he's facing the other direction. She calls it twice. He turns right around and swims right over to us. Yeah, that's and crazy. None of the rest of them moved. The all the rest yeah. of them just stood there, and I was like, "Holy How do you moly! Do that? Yeah. How do you do that? That's so cool." I see people do it with monitors they get from us, but I always think about monitors as like being a little bit smarter. And then a lot of people just think about alligators as like, oh, it eats trash. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's this mindless killing machine. Well, I mean, in all fairness, when you watch an alligator try to eat something and it just keeps doing this with its head to yeah. pick up the okay. little chicken wing, okay. you know, you can't be imagining all of the intelligence in the world. But then you see something like that and you're like, okay, maybe there is something happening. There's something there. going on upstairs. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, a lot of a lot of what you guys are doing over there with the monitors is it's it's unbelievable. Like I, I, I had no idea that they could be so uh socialized and you know uh pet pet like. Um yeah. it's it's really it's really nuts. Like we've had we've had a few visitors to the shop recently and um you know they're always like, I want to see a big, you know, a big monitor. You know, so you get in there with a big monitor or it comes right out to you and like for us being there every day it's like it's cool but you know you get a little desensitized yeah. to it but to, sure. have to watch somebody go through that first experience of like that. oh my god this thing just came over to me <laughs> and like is is like hanging out and it's the most amazing thing it's it's one, there's nothing like it one of the monitors that yeah. i think really catches people off like that is this monitor named lorelei and she's like oh, an yeah. older female but she loves me, man. When I go yeah. anywhere near that enclosure, she like comes up to the edge and she'll scratch and she like if I open the door, she like reaches out so that I'll pick her up. Like she if I sit down anywhere near the enclosure, she'll climb all over me and sit in my lap and like she loves being That's rubbed amazing. on her chin and her neck. And it's so funny to me because I'm so like desensitized to it. Like I see her when I'm in there and she's like scratching. I'm like, I'll give you attention in a minute. And then I go do something else and I'll come back and like pet her a little bit and then go. But when people come there and they see me like sit down and they're like, she wants, like she sees that I don't have any food. She just wants to be near me and like, and get some attention and get some love and everything. It blows people's minds because it's like this yeah. five foot long monitor that. Yeah you know shouldn't quote unquote act like that there's no reason for it to want to come to me you know most people think of them as just like oh they want food they want right this, they want that yeah no this animal literally wants it's one of the few reptiles that i'm like it actually wants your attention it wants your your focus and she gets it man she, yeah. she what is this? is it a water some type of water monitor yeah she's a, a big head albino water monitor okay and she's like probably 10 or 12 years old and she's just <clears throat> 
she's amazing she's my favorite monitor there she's just the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's there's nothing like there's nothing like it yeah. there's definitely nothing like it man yeah that's one thing that i've not i've not uh uh really ever done a lot with is, is lizards um mm -hmm. just because of the maintenance you know it's so much there's so much more work than snakes so you know work. just with yeah. with the bugs and the day you know feet after having to feed them every day and um it just hasn't i'd like to eventually have some um really like you know like the dwarf, some of the dwarf monitor species um mm -hmm. but you know it just hasn't uh haven't Really haven't had like you know I've had like an iguana when I was like a, you know a kid, uh, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had an iguana. I still have scars from my iguana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but other than that, really haven't had uh, haven't really done a whole bunch with with lizards. So just seeing you know seeing what's possible uh, through y'all through nerds YouTube and people that have gotten animals from you and uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Is there any particular species that you're like, if I was going to get a lizard, I'd get that one? Because, like, when I was thinking about lizards, Bell's lace monitors were like, the yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> if I was, you know, those would probably be the one if I was going to get something big. Um, but I like the uh, Kimberly Rocks, are my yes. favorite. Yes. Clouderai. Yes. I love those things. They're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then the Pilbaras, too, are just like really, yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. Those are cool. Those are cool. I like the uh, the the Kimberleys. Almost have kind of a snake like appearance yes. with like, the really long, skinny yeah. head and the long yeah. tail. Yeah. Um, so maybe I think it's like the the shape of their you know just the, the shape of their head and their body that yeah. that I kind of like um, on those. And the colors are nice too. You know, the, the, whatever you call them, ocelli or yeah. Yep. I can. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one of these days I'll 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 get a couple of those. Um, yeah, like you know, now that I've got NPR and just like, oh, I got a couple lizards. Oh my goodness, I have the lizard bug. I need I need a bunch of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. That's how it happens. <laughs> I laugh, but I relate to this so much. <laughs> man i i uh, still bell's lace monitor for me is like the pinnacle if i can get one lizard that's it that's, that's it. the one that i want and then yeah they're amazing looking yeah the ones that have, people have been producing now like john adragna and then like the guys from saurian farms they've been producing these like super clean white and black bells and i'm like oh man that's an amazing lizard that's just <laughs> like the coolest thing to me i love contrast and I don't know if anything has better contrast than like a Bell's lace. I mean, black and white. That's that's about as contrasty as you can get. That's you know? classic. Yeah. A panda lizard. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Could you imagine if you were able to get one with that kind of aberrancy, where it just looked like, like a panda? A panda? <laughs> I'm just saying, that'd be pretty cool. No. I, I like them the way they are. Okay, let's not go too crazy. <laughs> You're going for it. You got to go for it. That's all I'm saying. I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we're rounding out our time. Uh, but before we end this, we ask all of our guests one final culminating question. Very and important. That question is, what in the realm of reptiles, be it something in your own collection or something that you've seen 
over the interwebs because that's basically what all of our lives have been reduced to. Uh, yeah. what, <laughs> what in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles? Uh, for, for me, it seems like in the last, I don't know, like I, I kind of went through a period there where, um, you know, I did a bunch of shows from probably, I don't know, Oh, Oh five, Oh six through, uh, I guess the, when I met you at Tinley that year, and, and I guess you said it was 13 where I, I did Daytona every year and did Tinley a couple times. And, and then, uh, really went, like for whatever reason, just stop, you know, didn't work out every year, whatever. I didn't do any shows. And mm -hmm. the last time I went to a show was, was when I saw you at Tinley, I guess it was what 19 was the last time they had the, the, the big one in October. And it'd yeah. been like, you know, whatever, six years since I had mm -hmm. been to a show before that. And it, I mean, I was just blown away at how big it's gotten. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, just how many people were there and how big the room is and how many vendors and, you know, granted a lot of it is ball pythons, but, um, you know, it's to me, it's cool that there seems to be that many more people getting in. It's, it tends, it, it seems to be getting more mainstream if you want to call it that. Um, you know, a lot of new people getting into it and I don't really, I don't know what the cause or, you know, what, what, what uh what's doing that you know i'm sure youtube and social media and everything else has had some kind of uh impact on it but to me it's it's cool to see you know new people like getting fired up about it and getting in you know getting uh getting into it um because oh, yeah. that really you know that just helps us with everything you know as far as uh growing the i hate to call it the industry um because it's really you know for me it's more of a hobby than than, than a business but I know that you know, there, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, have, have been able to make a business out of it. And, um, you know, there is probably some world where I could, you know, if I really, uh, you know, decided I wanted to do it, could, could, you know, could eke out a living doing it. Um, but, uh, it's, it's cool that there are so many people that have been able to, to, to do it. And it's really just because of, you know, the size and how, how, how many more, you know, how, how big it's gotten, how much more popular it's gotten than, uh, you know, surely when I first, you know, got into it, I mean, as much as, uh, the, or show the big show in Orlando and Daytona grew over the years, um, just seems like, you know, Tinley, I don't know. It was eye, really eye-opening to me to go back after just five or six years and just see how much bigger it had gotten and how crazy and packed that room is. Um, yeah. I <laughs> mean, it, it, it was, yeah, yeah it, was, uh, before, it was, it was crazy. Like, you could get down the aisles and there was like some people in front of the booths and everything, but in 2019, it was like the, everything Swarmed. was packed. Like you could barely get down the aisles because there was so many people at each booth. It was like even yeah. hard to just get through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So awesome. I dig that. Yeah. So, so I like that. And then, you know, I like the fact that uh, with, you know, with kind of the direction things are going with March now. And I like that there's new things coming out every year, you know, there's, there's new yeah. and, you know, obviously there's going to be trends and things are going to get, you know, played out and overdone and whatever. And eventually things will go back to, you know, just like the normal ball Python in 50 years, <laughs> that may be what you want, you know, but, um, it's just it's the normal true. ball. Yeah. 
it's uh it's cool to see how you know kind of everybody can put their own little spin on what they're doing and uh um just with the combinations that you make and um seeing what other people produce every year you know every year there's something kind of new and, and better that comes out uh i say better new and different you know yeah. um so that's that's really exciting uh for me awesome hell yeah man all right man so if people want to find out more about you and the things that you're doing where should they follow you on social media uh pretty much instagram is is where pretty much where i've done everything now uh i do have a facebook uh account for red mountain herp um doesn't get used that often uh for whatever reason i just feel feel like it's kind of a waste of time like the you know the reach just doesn't seem to be there um instagram so much easier (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah definitely instagram um you know to handle is red mountain herp on there yeah red mountain herp cool Boom. Awesome, man. So thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you yeah. so much. Cool yeah, this talking, is a lot man. of fun. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Most definitely. Hell yeah, man. So take care. Have a nice night. And we'll you talk too. to you soon. We'll you yeah. Soon, All right. See you guys. See ya.